I'm going to be reading from 1 John chapter 2, starting at verse 3. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. And by this we know that we have come to know Him, if we keep His commandments. Whoever says, I know Him, but does not keep His commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in Him. But whoever keeps His word, in Him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we know that we are in Him. Whoever says He abides in Him ought to walk in the same way in which He walked. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for the sacred Scriptures, the Holy Scriptures. And yes, You've called us to be holy like You are holy. We've just sung that. And I pray that we would hear what Your Word has to say so we can conduct our lives in a holy way, in a godly way, that honours you and glorifies you. Thank you for John's letter. Thank you for his, his faithfulness to walking with you and to writing and to help us to know what it means to know you and to trust you. So help us now, Father, to listen this morning to your word, to allow your word to convict us of sin and to train us in righteousness and to, to teach us and please be merciful to me as I come now to, to preach your word. Help me to be faithful. But thank you, Father, that we can all be here. Thank you, Father, for health. Thank you for the air we breathe. Just thank you for your good right hand over this church and how you've kept us and sustained us from the day this church was planted. We just want to thank you. It's all by your doing that we can be here this morning and worship you in spirit and truth. And I want to praise and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning we're going to continue out of 1 John chapter 2, looking at verses 3 to 6, and try to finish off our sermon, Do I Know That I Know God? Three Sundays ago, we looked at our first reliable test from these verses to see how we know that we know God, and the first test was we keep His Word. And I'm going to recap on that slightly, briefly, and then we're going to look at our second test. But the question to all of us out there is, how do we know that we know God? Yes, you can say, well, the Bible tells us, and so we have knowledge. And that's true. We need knowledge to know God. But that knowledge must get worked into our lives. It must become action. We can't say we're a Christian and there's no action in our lives. Uh, last week I mentioned, or two weeks ago, or three weeks ago I mentioned, I know that Cyril Ramaphosa is a president because I see him in action as a president. I know that Lauren Daigle is a gospel singer because I see her in action singing. I know that Joel Beakey is a pastor because I see him in action as a pastor. And if we say we're Christians, then we should see each other in, in action. And I'm not talking in, in action as in coming to church. I'm not talking in, in action, reading our Bibles, coming to Bible study. But do we see God in our lives bearing fruit for His glory? Do we just hold on to this knowledge, but there's no life? Jesus says, by the fruit you will know them. And Jesus also told us, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it, obey it, do it. Those who 
act upon it. God has saved us to bear fruit. And bearing fruit, like I said, requires action. It requires us to be not passive, but proactive in our Christian life. Obviously, we must be concerned with knowledge, because right knowledge leads to right living, right action. And James warns us that we need to be a doer of God's word, because if we're not, and we're just a mere hearer, and we just hear his word, we deceive ourselves, we delude ourselves. So it's important that we know God, but then we allow Him to be worked out into this world through our actions. And John is showing us in this letter, yes, we know he's written this letter so that we may not sin, but he's also showing us how to live a godly life, how to live a holy life, how to, to love. This letter is filled with love. Lord willing, next week, we will see that you can't say you love God, but you hate your brother. Or you hate someone. Because God is a God of love. And yeah, John is showing us in this letter how to live in obedience to God. How to obey His word. How to keep His word. How to hold fast His word. And John gives us a good test in this letter to, to see how do we know if we know God. Like I said, we cannot say we know God and live as we please. This is what some people were telling John's readers. It's fine. You know God and you're safe. Just live as you please. No, God, let's be honest, God puts His Spirit in us to change us. God wants to transform us more into Christ-likeness. God's in the process of changing people to become like Christ, to, be, to walk in the same manner as He walked. And when God saves us, we become a new creation to walk in newness of life. We are dead to sin and we are alive to righteousness. We were once a slave to sin, now we become a slave to righteousness, to Christ, to do things in honour and glory of Him. God doesn't save us and take away the enjoyment of life. We can still enjoy life. But we hate the things that were causing us to sin. Now we love the things that cause us to do righteousness and love God. And we turn our back on sin. And this is what this letter is all about. In chapter 2 verse 1, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And he's, he's talking to people that are just continuing in sin, practicing sin. They say, fine, I've prayed this prayer and I can live as I please because I know God. This is who this letter is to. And obviously, if we do practice some form of sin in our lives, we must repent and turn from it. This is why God has saved us, to, to take us away from sin, to, for forgiveness, etc. So, this morning I want to continue to challenge us with our second reliable test. But let's just look briefly at our first reliable test, because there's a few people here that weren't here three weeks ago. And it's good just to be reminded of this first reliable test which we see in verses 3 to 5 of 1 John chapter 2 and that reliable test is we we keep God's word that is our first reliable test we keep God's word and are we keeping his word three times in this verse John mentions about 
keep his commandments, keep his commandments. And he's telling us God is serious. But how we hold fast his word? Are we keeping his word? God commands us to, to do certain things. Where he's commanded us, I shall not steal, I shall not commit murder, I shall not lie, I shall not covet. But we know that the greatest commandment in the Bible is to love one another. If we love one another, then will, the people will tr truly see that we are His disciples. And we will see that, that this is an introduction to God's love. These verses 3 to 5. Because when we, when we get to verses 7 to 11, we see that God's new commandment is love. But it's not a new commandment in a sense. It's new. They knew about it. And we'll look at that more, Lord willing, this coming Sunday. But do we keep His word? Do we hold fast His word? God sets us free from sin so we can come to Him and we can hold fast His word. He's given us His spirit. His spirit lives in us, which enables us to hold fast His word. I think it's one of the... Um, in the Psalms, we saturate our minds with God's Word so we may not sin against Him. That's why we need to be in the Word daily, so that we can saturate our mind, that we can cleanse our, our heart and our mind, that God can sanctify us and transform us more into Christ-likeness, so that we do not sin against God. So the choices we make, the decisions we make, are godly decisions, right choices that honor God. And it requires obedience. We are saved into an obedience of faith. And we are saved to walk humbly and obediently with God. And when we come to, we see there in verse 5 of 1 John chapter 2, we read, But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. And this is telling us that our obedience is to keep God's word. And if we're keeping God's word, and we, and we, and and we doing God's word, then this evidences our love for God. This tells us that we have been laid hold of by God's love. That God has genuinely poured His love into our hearts, which Scripture tells us in Romans. God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And, and now He wants our love to grow and mature. And the way that it is perfected when we allow it to work out into the world. It's growing, it's maturing, it's being, it's being perfected. It's, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit and it needs to be cultivated. But it's just, we know God's love, but it doesn't stop with knowing. It, stops, it goes on into doing. And we do God's Word. We learn to love the unlovely. We learn to love the stranger and the enemy. Our love for God, well, someone said, our love for God completes its work when we obey God's word, keep his word, to love one another. And Jesus said, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. If you want to know, if you know God, are you keeping his word? Are you holding fast his word through your struggles, through your trials and errors? Are you living according to God's word? 
And in verse 4 of 1 John chapter 2, John writes that whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandment, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. That, that's it. So if you, if you call yourself a Christian, then are you keeping God's word? You can't say you're a Christian and then you are not doing things the Bible calls us to do. Like keep his commandment, and his commandment is to love one another. And we know the other commandments, I shall not steal, I shall not lie. Are you working out the fruits of the Spirit in your life? If you get angry, are you working on anger? If you're impatient, are you working on patience? Because whoever says he knows him, but does not keep his commandments, he's a liar. And the truth is not in him. And you know that last week I mentioned, if we, if we call ourselves Christian, and we don't go to church, then is the truth in us. God has saved us individually into his body. And the church is the body of Christ, where, where we come to be built up in Christ, so we can go out there and live godly lives. Someone said, it does not matter how great our Christian profession is, or our Christian experience. If we don't keep God's word, then we are a liar, and the truth is not in us. If we say we know God and do not keep his word, we are a fraud, we are a spiritual fake. A Christian will time from time fail to obey God's word. Let's be honest, we sin. But it's those that just keep practicing it. Those that say, that's fine. God knows me, I know him, and he loves me. But we need to know that we are called to obey God's word. And we need to know that the first test to see if we know that we know God is, do we keep God's word? Are you in God's word? And keep it is, is when, you, when you are caught up in a temptation. Do you keep his word or do you fall into the temptation and push his word away? So it's important that we are keeping God's word. I love it about John and Paul. They never say, <coughs> excuse me, you must not do this and you must not do this. The book, this Bible is not a book of don'ts, do's and don'ts. It's a, it's a book on the gospel. He points us to the gospel because it's God's grace that we're after. God is a gracious God and God forgives. That's why he, he says, he doesn't, he just says it. And let's just read those verses again before we get to our second reliable test. And by this we know that we know, sorry, and, and by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. John's not going to argue with those people and, and say, you know, why aren't you in church, or why don't you go to church? He's just going to say to them, do you keep God's word? And if you don't, then you're a liar. The truth is not in you. It, we don't have to get into debates. It's very clear that we're supposed to be in church on a Sunday. It's very clear what God commands us of us. It's not a grey area. So John is very truthful and very, very to the gospel. And verse 4, But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. And this is how we know that we know him. That we are obeying him and we are keeping his word. But let's look at the second reliable test to see 
how we know that we know God. And that is, do we walk as Jesus walked? Which we see now in verses 5 to 6. Basically at the end of verse 5, By this we know that we are in Him. Whoever says he abides in Him ought to walk in the same way which Jesus walked. The end of verse 5 is not pointing back to verses 3, 4 and 5. It's pointing forward to verse 6. Sometimes these um, scripture breaks, like verse 6 and verse 5, sometimes are in the wrong place. Verse 6 should have started, By this we know that we are in Him. Whoever says he abides in Him ought to walk in the same way as he walks. So if you want to know you're a Christian, if you want to know you're in Christ, then are you walking in the same way as Jesus walked? And you want to know how Jesus walked? Read the Gospels. Very clear how Jesus loved the lovely, the unlovely, the enemy and the stranger. How he healed, how he fed the thousands. And when, when, when John says walk in the same way in which Jesus walked, he's not talking about mimicking Jesus' accent. He's not talking about going out there and healing people and raising people from the dead. Or casting out demons. He's talking about are you walking in God's presence for God's purpose and God's glory. The focus is not on ourselves. The focus is, is on my own life in the sense of am I honoring God through my life? Am I glorifying God? And that a lot of the times as Christians we draw attention to ourselves. God just God has saved us and, and given us a new heart so we can walk in newness of life and we, can, and we can just live out there in glory and honor of Him. Reflect His attributes into the lives of people. So when someone sees you doing a kind thing, you know that kindness is a fruit of the Spirit and it comes from God and you've cultivated it. And you will say, the reason why I'm kind is because it's by God's grace. Yes, I know I'm a kind person, we obviously say this, but we, we always somehow take the credit in some way. And there's nothing wrong now and then. But like Tony always says, look at the sportsmen when they stand on that stand. I'm very proud what I've done. I've done this and I've done that. No glory to God. But we must understand that when people don't know God or Christ, they're going to give glory to themselves. That's why God saves us, because He puts His love in us to take ourselves off the, off the throne and the, and the glory we give ourselves away from ourselves. And now we put God on the throne in our hearts. And we want to give Him the glory from now on. So when people compliment us, we can say, you know, it's only by God's grace I am who I am. And it's only by God's grace we do good things out there. And men invent good things. So we need to know that are we walking as Jesus walked? Are we loving like He loved? Jesus, as he walked this, on this earth, his earthly lifestyle was joy and submissive obedience to his Father. And he, and he showed this as he loved the people. I think that's the best way of telling if we are walking obediently and humbly with God, is how are we loving out there for the glory of God? John writes in verse 38 of John chapter 6, For I have come down from heaven, 
This is Jesus. For I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Whose will are we doing as Christians? Are we doing our will still? Or are we doing God's will alone and giving God glory alone? Because Jesus' obedience was to do his Father's will, which he did perfectly. And God has called us to be perfect like he is perfect. But we will never arrive. We will never be perfect. But are we striving in that direction? Can we, can we honestly look at our faces in the mirror and say, Yes, I'm doing everything to the glory of God. Or do we just fake it in front of people? And people think that we are this true, loving, caring Christian. But we only do things in front of people to seek attention or to seek a compliment from someone. Just read the Gospels and you see how Jesus just went about in a simple manner, in a loving, caring manner, serving and loving the people. No excuses. No discrimination. No racism. No sexism. None of that. Because His love came from His Father. And He loved with looking through God's eyes and word. Not our fallen nature, which gets in the way. That's why we need to be in the scriptures so God can cultivate this love and God can help us then to walk in a manner or in the same way in which Jesus walked. Now when you look at the words in him, in verse 5 of John chapter 2, it's really describing a Christian. I was quite surprised when I was reading around that, when, when, when some of them, the commentators say, um, verse 5 says, But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. And then by this we know that we are in him, there at verse 5. If we are in him, then we are truly a Christian. Because we're going to see that we have a real spiritual experience coming from God alone and, and, and we can show a joy and a love and a peace and a gentleness and a kindness that comes from God. It's more than just keeping God's word and, and being able to paraphrase or tell people scripture and that. It's, it's, is this word seen in our lives? Are we walking in the same manner as Jesus walked. It was the late John Stott that, that said, when a preacher climbs out of that pulpit and sits down, did you see Christ? Or did you see him and his cleverness and his entertainment and his opinions? And this is what I say the word says. Do you see Christ? Because it, we know, if we go back to Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. To see the change. I have been crucified Christ. It's no longer I who live. But there's a lot of Christians who carry on living as I. And they forget 
that they, that they have been crucified with Christ, if they have truly been crucified with Christ, or they don't forget, they just don't know God's word. So they actually are tripping themselves up in one sense. If you've truly been crucified with Christ, then it's no longer you who is living. You're allowing Christ to live in you. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to live in you. And you're allowing that to bring great glory and honor to God our Father. Because being crucified with Christ, the bottom line means we live in and walk in Jesus and walk as Jesus walked. If, we're in, if we are in Jesus, then we will live to God because Christ lives in me. I don't think nowadays we, we talk too much or we try allow reasoning or subjectivism or feelings. It's quite simple. If you're, in a, if you're a Christian, then are you keeping God's word and are you walking in the same manner as Jesus walked? If James was sitting here today, James, uh, Jesus' brother who wrote the book of James, if you had to ask him, what is a Christian? He would stand up and he would say, are you a doer of God's word? If you're doing God's word, not, not perfectly, then you're a Christian. And what he means by that is, are you allowing God's love to flow through you into the world? It's another letter that's got love written in it. The royal law is to love one another. And when we see the word in, in 1 John chapter 2, um, verse 6, whoever says he abides in him, when, when it says that he abides in him, whoever says he abides in him, that's whoever professes to be a Christian and says he abides in Jesus, or to walk in the same way in which Jesus walked. Abides in him is telling us that you are in true fellowship. You have an intimate relationship with with God and Jesus. Jesus in the upper room in John chapter 15 verses 4 to 6 talks about this. Abide in me and I in you. So if we say we abide in him, then we know that Jesus abides in us. And his spirit abides in us. But let's carry on reading John chapter 15 verses 4 to 6. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch, and withers, and the branches are gathered thrown into the fire and burnt. Judgment day. So everything is going to come to the surface when Jesus returns. You're either a true Christian, you're abiding in Him, you have real fellowship, genuine fellowship, you have an intimate relationship with God and His Son, and you're showing that in the way you walk, that you walk in the same way as Jesus walked Because if we are abiding in Jesus and we are in Him, then we can no longer live as we please. We can no longer do as we please. Jesus showed us how we should walk. 
He walked in obedience and total dependence on his father. He walked with his father in complete submission to do his father's will, no matter how difficult the circumstance. And it's easy to blame the circumstances. It's easy to blame other people while you're struggling to do the Christian life. We can't blame anybody. We've just been like Eve. Blamed Adam. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own according, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise, or in like manner. And Jesus also said, And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. And God has not left us alone. He has sent his Spirit to live in us. And to do things according to his word. That are pleasing to him. That honour him. That's why we need to be in the scriptures. Because we've been given the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives in us. And when we read the scriptures, the Holy Spirit can help us walk uprightly and, and blamelessly in this crooked and perverse world. And we need to turn to the Holy Spirit often. He is our helper. We should turn to Him and, and ask Him to open up our eyes that we may behold wonderful things from the Scriptures. Turn our eyes away from vanity and revive us in the Scriptures so that we can live holy lives, loving, caring lives, so that we can walk in the same way in which Jesus walked. None of this is easy. That's why we have fellowship groups. That's why we have prayer meetings. That's why we come to church on a Sunday. So we can help each other. We can stimulate each other to to love and good works, to keep on when we want to just walk away from everything. God has given us His Spirit not to entertain the world, but to help us to walk in this world. And unfortunately, there is a lot of people that abuse the Holy Spirit, that entertain the world. Holy Spirit is not a, someone that we can do that. And it's, it's amazing when John says here, you ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Not run, not fly, not swing. Walk. Half the time our life out there is so busy that we've been run off our feet. But yet, John didn't say, run, walk, slow down, reflect. Take in the scriptures. Keep them. Meditate on them. Ponder on them. And then walk, allow Jesus to flow out into this world. So people can see that the God we serve is a great God, an awesome God. How majestic is His name. He's given us a name. He's put His name in us. And we need to show the world how great this name is. Do we walk in the same manner as Jesus walked? Or in the same way as he walked? And the only way we can do this is, yes, to be in scriptures, but to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Open up the Bible. Seek the scriptures. Look to the scriptures. And if we do, we want to seek him and please him by our thoughts, our words and our deeds. We want to glorify God in everything we do. 
And the only way we can do this is if we are walking as Jesus walked. And that should be our aim, our goal. When we go out this building, our goal is to keep God's word. And our goal is to walk in the same way as Jesus walked. And if we're doing this, it shows that we do know we know God. We can honor God with our lips, but are our hearts holding on to his word? Put simply, the one who knows the true God walks like Jesus. So these two reliable tests that we've looked at in 1 John chapter 2 verses 3 to 6 to see how we know that we know God. Do we keep his word? Do we walk as Jesus walked? Are we doing this? Are we obeying God? Are we showing the world that we know our God? And if we want to hold fast this test, then we, then we must look to the cross daily we must go to the cross daily and humble ourselves and and look at the cross and 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 the cross reminds us of jesus's love for us for his elect he has loved us and he has freed us from our sins by his blood for us to be imitators of god so to walk in love as jesus loved us and gave himself for us is what we should be aiming for let's be challenged as we go out this door let's be challenged to to offer up our bodies to present our bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to god which is our spiritual worship and like i said as i close if we're holding fast god's word if we're keeping god's word and if we're walking as jesus walked then we are showing ourselves we know that we know God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your scriptures, your word. We thank you that your word is very straight to the heart. It doesn't beat around the bush. It doesn't confuse us. It doesn't trip us up. It's just simply to the point. And thank you for this reminder. That if we, if we know you, and the way we show that we know you is, are we keeping your word and are we walking in the same manner as your son walked? Forgive us, Father, when we fail. Forgive us, Father. Have mercy upon us. But I pray that, that our forgiveness would, would, would turn into to looking to you and seeking wisdom to do better, to be godly and holy in all that we do. So, Father, please, Again, be merciful to us. Help us to go out there and shine our lights. Help us to show the world how great you are. How awesome is your name. How powerful is your name. And how mighty is your name. So please, Father, give us wisdom to, to look to the scriptures and hold fast the gospel of truth so we can walk in truthfulness just like your son walked. Have mercy upon us, Father. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.